let me tell you this, there's, no, there's nothing that's facing you right now that is bigger than the God on the inside of you. 1 John 4 verse 4 says, Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. I love encouraging people's spirits because all week long there have been people trying to discourage them. The news is trying to make you anxious. There's all sorts of threatening thoughts in your own mind. The internet's full of junk, except for obviously Phil Pringle podcast, amen. But the power of the Holy Spirit is on you and on me to encourage one another, to build up the church, not tear it down. There's always critics, there's always fault finders, and they live their own miserable lives. But you and I, we're builders, builders of the house of God. We build up one another. We don't pull down, we build up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I love being a builder, not a destroyer. I'll leave that to the other guy. Thank you, Jesus. Well, before you sit down, I want you to welcome Mrs. Pringle, my wife. She's going to come up and say hello. Chris is a big reason why we're all here. And uh, she's the author of The Big Hug, Unforgettable oh. Moments. Oh. And a thousand other things. Isn't this great? That our church is famous for. Isn't this great? It is. This is a great church. And look, I was just thinking when Come Pastor was oh, commending us, Amen. Uh, <laughs> that honestly, right from the very first moment we walked through the doors of the house of God, that was it. We were done for. Right. We were done for. That night we were born again. He got filled with the Spirit, delivered of all fear and bad stuff that we'd been doing. And then the next week, so he came out from the back room, like stoned, uh, not stone stoned, but stoned on the, on the rock. <laughs> and I said to the pastor's wife, what happened to him? And she said, don't worry, you'll get it next week. But I did get it next week. And you guess did. what I did get? I got. I got the Holy Spirit the you next week. You did get the Holy Ghost. And I'm not kidding you. I was a shy folk singer, a kindergarten teacher. And when the Holy Spirit filled me, I changed. You changed. And we sing that she song. She became an outrageous rock and roll star. <laughs> I did. I even did an album, called it Spirit of Faith after one of his messages. That was way back in the old <laughs> days before many of you were born. And, and, and I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, wow. and Jesus said this, He looked at the disciples, like knowing He was going to the cross. And I know He thought, Father, what have we done? But Jesus knew that the Father had promised through Him to send the Holy Spirit. And He said to the disciples, exactly. wait until you're filled. Don't leave home without it. You can leave home right. without your toilet paper and your lipstick and your American Express. card, Express, but don't leave, and your deodorant. Like that used to be an ad. I never used to. No, it was, a, it was for I women. I think it was. But so, so that's what happened. Those ordinary men became extraordinary builders of the house of God. And, and we are at that foundation stone. <laughs> we are building upon, you are building upon what we've established in C3. Pastor was commending us, but now it's your hour. Yes. And it's the hour of the volunteer. It says, there's a scripture that says, the day of your volunteer is the day of your power. Exactly. And that means you, you have your leaders, but you are the builders of 
the house of God. Our pastor and his wife said, just go out and be Jesus people. And we didn't even know what we were doing. We just pulled people into our van and took them to church, brought them back to our house. We delivered all these guys off drugs and, <coughs> you know, we had them. We cast the, out demons not even we, Jesus has oh, heard of. My shoes have come undone. We, you know what? You're in revival when your shoes come undone, when you're giving a wee testimony. And, and we saw thousands yeah, we over did. a couple of years of kids be saved. So we knew the power was not in our personality, right. was not in our giftings. It was in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Back so church, Jesus. I want to commend your pastors. He's commended us, but I want to, yes. You are in a great house so of good. God. And you are the workers that have been honoured and you're the builders of the house of God. And as Pastor Phil said, I'm serious. We walk into a lot of churches, even our churches, but you guys have got it. Turn to your neighbour and say, by Joves, we've got it. And what have we got? We've got the Holy Ghost. So God bless your church. So great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So good, so good. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbour. Say, uh, what do you say? Thank you, Lord. I'm sitting next to a good-looking Novocastrian. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, musicians. Did a great job. We love you. That's it. Amen. So good to be here. And uh, thank you, Pastor Nate and Rach, for all that you're doing. It's amazing. And... Uh, we had a we had a conference in Brisbane. Was that earlier this year, or it was earlier this year? My Lord, it was. Yeah, it was a pretty dull conference, pretty boring. But there was one high spot, and that was when Pastor Nate and Rach led the prayer meeting. My God, the whole place came alive. But after that, it just went back to dull again. And so uh, it was great to have them. No, it was a pretty good conference, actually. I always love getting together with all of our guys. But I've got to tell you, one conference that's coming up that is unmissable, pack your bags, buy your tickets, and get ready to go to Singapore. In May next year, uh, we're having uh, a conference called The Outpouring. And the reason I called it The Outpouring is because, well, that's what the Lord told me to call it. And I believe that He's getting us ready for an outpouring, and it'll be like C3 version two, and uh, we will be going to a whole new level, uh, people, uh, with uh, thousands of younger ministers rising up, taking this uh, movement on to thousands of churches and a million worshippers around the world. That's where we're going. I'm hopeful that it'll happen in the next five or so years, but God is on the move right around the world. I've just come from Indonesia where we started a whole new region because there's too many churches for it to be part of another region. And so Joshua and Sunita Winata are the leaders there. And we've got four overseers and uh, we had such a good time in a church there that is just like this rocking, moving forward, seeing so many miracles and so many salvations. And uh, it is a, it's a privilege to be a part of a movement that I... I I'd be privileged to be a part of it even if I didn't have anything to do with running it. I'd say, yeah, I, I like being in this place. They're, they're sane people. They're not stupid. They're not weird. They move in the power of the Holy Spirit without being crazy. Amen. You got to love that. There are young people and there are people my age. Amen. And I'm not going to let you know that I'm how old I am. 
because we've been married just how long? 52 years? Yeah. I married Chris when she was four. And uh, <laughs> so it is, uh, yeah, we've been, been going for a little while. Hello, there's a Snoopy camera person over there. It's all right. Well, I love this church because I I must have been here 10 times, but it feels like so new because you're in this new building. I've never been in this building before. You got your new pastors and even got old Darren Chapman, the marriage guy, to join up. Amen. (laughs) He's famous for his marriage. He better keep it all together. Amen. God bless him. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying for him. I pray for marriage ministries. Amen. Lord God, Lord God. I pray for pastors even more. I pray they all keep it together. And uh, imagine, I mean, there's a few who don't. Imagine if we didn't pray that they did. Amen. How many? Because the the shepherd is the target uh, the enemy would love to take out. uh, Because if he can, I mean, the cynicism in the church just rises every time there's another scandal and so the devil is constantly hammering on leaders. So pray for your leaders here, Pastor Nate and Rach, because uh, that, that carrying a burden, fighting a fight and loving the people and fulfilling a ministry. All of that demands all kinds of things. But uh, I want to talk this morning about how to access a power that will enable you to live above all the things that exhaust you and uh, take, uh, threaten to take you out. Before I get underway, uh, I want to uh, just mention a couple things. Uh, my books you can get on Amazon.com or PhilPringle.com. And uh, there's a few of them. Uh, Freedom, that's how to get rid of your demons. And uh, obviously none of you have them, so that book won't be relevant. But there are some Christians who have one or two passengers and they really need to offload them. Uh, Leadership 101, that's extremely helpful. It's only as thick as your little finger. So it only takes like a cappuccino to read it. And you can read it, get the six principles of leadership and wham, you're a leader at the end of it. You the Leader is a bigger book. That'll take you a little while to read. Peace, uh, which is an awesome book. And Do It Now is a book I wrote in COVID because so many people were putting off stuff, saying once this is over, then I'll do this. And I just live by a totally different maxim. I live by a do it now. If, if I get a bill, I pay it now. I don't wait until it's due. If I get an assignment, I do it that night rather than try and fulfill it before, you know, the night before. It's, it's all due. And so if people say, pray for me, would you? I do. I do it right then because I'll forget later on. And, uh, and so the do it now thing, uh, the, actual, the Bible says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. And so life's always going to be inconvenient for doing whatever your dream is, whatever your calling is, whatever your purpose is. It's never going to be convenient. I mean, if it's the will of God, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be very, very difficult. It's not, don't wait for everything to just be perfect. Say, oh, it must be the will of God because it's perfect. I've never found the will of God at the perfect time. He's, God is oh, he's hopelessly inconvenient, people. <laughs> he, he, like he'll ask you to cross the River Jordan, not when it's only six feet wide, but when it's a mile wide, when it's in flood. That's what he did to Joshua. It's only in flood for a couple months. Couldn't you ask just a little bit later, God, or a bit before? It's, there's always, and then, if he asks you to step out of the boat, it's in a storm. I mean, it'd be much easier for calm. 
Everybody knows you can walk on water when it's calm, but when it's a storm, my God, it's like nervy. And, and uh, I mean, he, he tells you to put out the net for a catch when you've caught no fish. It's like, d- don't think it's gonna all get perfect. So the do it now idea is, is important. The other book I wrote was Disciple. And Disciple is uh, that book there. I do some paintings that people buy as well occasionally. And uh, when I was in Indonesia, they started sticking them on T-shirts. So now apparently I'm selling T-shirts as well, but not today. Amen. Uh, but that, that, uh, uh, that painting on there, I submitted for the Archibald Prize. You know, and I need to tell you people, um, I didn't win. <laughs> they, they didn't even hang it on the wall. <laughs> oh, well. So I thought I'll show them. I stick it on my book. And uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's on my book. But it's a really good book. And, uh, and, and it's about getting you and I out of a consumeristic mindset in Christianity. I'm just worn out with how the whole thing about the kingdom seems to be for me, about me. And, and uh, like, if, if you want to be famous, God's going to help you become famous. Or God's going to fulfill your dream. And, uh, and it's like, he saved me, he healed me, he forgave me, which is all good. I agree, but that's baby Christianity. That's early Christianity. That's Christianity at the cross. That's when Jesus is your savior. But we need to take a step beyond that to where he's Lord. And so he's not just my, he's just not saving me now, he's my Lord. So instead of him picking up his cross and dying for me, now I pick up my cross and lay down my life for Him. And that's when you die to yourself. I know that doesn't sound great, but honestly, it's kind of the greatest day of your life. Because the person who causes you the most problems is sitting in your seat this morning. (laughs) And, And if you can get that person to die while you're living, that would be kind of cool. And so Paul, he presents this. Says, Don't you know when you got baptized, you died? You, you were crucified with Christ. That was a whole new revelation that none of the other disciples got. But Paul saw it that when he died, he didn't just take away my sin. He took away the sinner. He didn't just kill my sins. He killed my sin, me, the guy who does it all. So reckon yourselves, he says, like appropriate the truth and think like I'm free. I'm free from me. And, and that's, you know, that's the beginning of discipleship. And so I'd urge you to get a hold of that. That'd be great. So this morning, I want to take you another step beyond that to where they'd made him Lord, they'd gone beyond the cross. And he said, no, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait for power. And power is going to come upon you. So in Acts 1 verse 8, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Well, this is, this is like you and I have forces inside of us and outside of us, like our appetite, our own mind, our own attitudes. Sometimes they overpower us and we start feeling things we don't wanna feel. 
We think things we said we'd never think. We say things we, we committed like a week ago. We're never going to say that again. We start doing things that are habits in our lives. And he's saying, but you shall receive power. We all need power that's greater than ourselves, that's greater than any force coming against us, and something that's going to actually energize us and help us to, to actually access the power of God so that we are able to do what He's told us to do. Because God never asks you to do something you can do. I don't know if you've noticed that. I, I've never found, if, if I feel like God is asking me to do something, I, I always feel unprepared. I feel inadequate. I feel like, God, somebody else should do that. Somebody more able, more equipped. But, but I've always found he's, he's believed in me more than I do myself. When you don't believe in yourself, God believes in you. He says, no, you can do this. I say, how? He says, glad you asked. The power of the Holy Spirit. When He comes upon you, you are empowered and enabled to do far more than you could do on your own natural self. And so staying filled with the Holy Spirit is so important. So He said, I want you to go down to Jerusalem and wait until you're endued with power. So, I don't know about you, but my watch, I got to recharge that thing every, every night. This phone, I got to charge it all the time. This, my, I mean, we have a car in, in, uh, in America because we spend half our time there. You got to charge it every day pretty well. There's, I mean, everything about our world today is in need of power. And if you don't recharge it, just drains and it's dead. This, this phone's useless without power. But with it, I can access all the information in the world. So, so there's, there comes a time when you and I have to recharge. And that's what church is every week. I, I mean, some people, they kind of mock that as, oh, you know, it's like a weekly fill up. What about just living for Jesus? I go like, no, church is meant to be that. We should go to church and feel fed recharged, coming to this church after worship like that, if you get into it, it's, it's going to touch you. And, and we can be like sponges or stones in a river. As, as a stone, it just flows all around us. As a sponge, we soak it all in. And as we lift our hands, enter into worship, you will find power comes into you. Because just, just because I got baptized in the Holy Spirit 20 years ago, doesn't mean I've got power today. It's a daily thing like recharging my batteries. Now, the thing is, when I, when I see update available on my phone, how good is that? Huh? I mean, we all just kind of get a little jump on the inside. Ooh, update. Everybody loves upgrades, updates. I've, I've never heard a person say, praise the Lord, when they got downgraded from business class to economy. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it's like, it's a God thing to to go up. And, and so here, here is this update available. And you go, oh yeah, do you want it? Yes. Have you read all the conditions? Yes. <laughs> Apple's made liars out of us all, right? And so there, yes. Do you agree? I agree. All right. Because in, every one of us, we got glitches. I'm not having a heart attack. But it's just... It's just that when you, when you, when you, you think, oh, I'm never going to, and you do it. 
You say, I'm not gonna ever, and you do it. And you got this, this coding malware that got downloaded into your system from a hacker back in the Garden of Eden. I mean, we were just, we were super beings at that time. Adam was just, a, I mean, he glowed with light. He just understood the universe. He talked and walked with God. I mean, unbelievable. And then he did something he wasn't meant to do. Well, eating an apple isn't sinful, but doing something that God said, don't do that. That's what's, that's the malware. And the virus got in him. And then suddenly Adam knew he was naked, had fear, had anxiety, wanted to hide from the truth, wanted to get away from God. All kind of glitches got in him. So now he's all weird, like all of us. He's got, he does stuff that he wish he didn't do. I, I know most people don't wanna do the things they do that are wrong. They feel bad about it. They're like, oh, I wish I could get fixed. Well, thank you, Jesus. Here today, you can. So, so I'm reading what's, what's, what's gonna happen when I get this up, update, upgrade. It says, you, you'll get rid of your bugs. Whoa, I got a few of those these glitches, because God's got all these angel coders up there writing new code for you. You've already had your whole operating system upgraded. You went from Samsung to iPhone, amen. Oh, did I just say that? Oh, 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 I did not just say that. No, you got born again. You went from Android over to, to iOS. You know, it just, it just was, was a miracle. I should not do that. <laughs> Somebody sells iPhones over there, amen. Said, yeah, amen, yeah, praise the Lord. The deal is, when you, when, you got, when you got your whole operating system for the first time, you were born again. But it seems like there's still bugs in the system. And the Bible talks about that, that we, we go from glory to glory. We, we go from strength to strength. So you're, you're getting stronger. But as you, as you come to the Lord every, every day, every week, and you, you come before Him, this fresh upgrades for you and you'll find yourself changing because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It says we are transformed by the Spirit from glory to glory. As, as you stay filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be a different person this time next year than you are this year. You'll, you'll find even, even in the world of patience. I mean, the most miraculous thing is that you'll be more patient I don't know about you, but I, I'm finding that, that one area just a little, little challenging, right? Like road rage. I mean, I'm pretty good with most things, but there's a trigger. Isn't it? You know when people honk? There's a honk language, right? There's like when, when, the, when the Novocastrians win. What a great day that was. was it, is it the Knights? Yeah, yeah, I remember honk, 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 all around the city. Honk, 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 honk. It's the honk of victory. Honk, 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 honk. Yeah. And then there's the one where uh, the grandparents are arriving to babysit your children. Honk, honk, we're here. And then, uh, and then they're leaving. Honk, 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 we're so happy we're leaving, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then, but then, there's, then there's the road rage honk, right? It's just a little too long. 
It's not a courtesy honk. It's, a, it's like a, you, you look down for one second when the light went green. And, and you look at and that's this person, you go, honk. And you can feel it, right? Come right through the back seat, through your seat. Trigger. I look up at my rear vision mirror. I think, huh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm out the door. I pop the trunk. Take out my, my handle, my, you know, my sledgehammer. I'm, sl- I'm, I'm smashing headlights. In my mind. <laughs> and I look in the rear vision mirror. Oh no, it's a church person. Amen. <laughs> and then I realize I'm just turning around to go into church. Yeah, it's Sunday morning. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is changing you and I. He is transforming us so that we will find we actually are more patient in lines. In cues, oh God, I can't believe I'm even saying that. Amen. Because whenever I'm at an airport, you know, you're choosing like the immigration line. And don't you always choose the wrong one? You think it's shorter, but they've got some problem with their visa or whatever. So you're sitting there and you can't stand it, especially a male. Males can't stand other people passing them. And they, you see that person that was, you were behind them and now they've gone through. When you're driving in the car and, and, and you pass all the big trucks and then your wife wants to have a coffee. <laughs> and you have a coffee and you're sitting there watching all those trucks that you pass. Right? Oh my God. That's just, just hurts. It's wounding. So God is a transformer of, of our lives. I mean, the person who got the most transformed was Peter. Once, that, once the Holy Spirit came upon him, in Acts 2 verse 14, it says, but Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them. So <clears throat> this is kind of interesting because at the start of the last one that we said, Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power. So it's like there's something, there's something going on and now here's the solution, but you shall receive power. There's going to be anxiety, anger, rage, injustices, terrible, terrible, unthinkable, horrific things that will happen to people on planet Earth, which is happening right now. But you shall receive power. It doesn't say, but you should rant and rave on social media. It doesn't say, but you should get in little circles and gossip and criticize and get angry about the world. It says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You're meant to be part of the answer, not part of the problem. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are filled with the answer. There are many Christians in the world who justify being angry and venting as though it's righteous indignation. But I got to ask the question, how many souls have you brought to Jesus with that megaphone on the street? How many people have you actually won to the Lord and brought into the house of God and started making them disciples through just ranting and raving? I tell you this, when the Holy Spirit touches a life, it will transform them though. And if we keep ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit, We'll become like Peter. It says, but Peter, 
of all the disciples to stand up that day on the day when they're, they're preaching and the power of God is on them, of all the disciples to stand up. I, I think all the other, the other guys, when they saw Peter standing up, oh no. He's, he's just blowing it so many times. He, he barely came to Jesus in the first place. His brother Andrew, his little brother, had to bring him. And he got to the Lord and then constantly he is blowing it. He's on a mountain looking at Jesus. Oh, maybe we could stay here. We can build tents. Peter, Jesus rebukes him. But he, he was a very slow learner because then he said, I'm going to Jerusalem to suffer and die. He says, oh, I rebuke you, Jesus. Don't talk like that. that that's never going to happen. And Jesus turned around and said, I rebuke you, Satan. Because like he, got, he was so spiritually open, he could get maneuvered and manipulated by different forces in the atmosphere around him. And then, and then, he, like Jesus is saying, look, all of you guys, I know you're, you, you think you're amazing, but you're gonna deny me and, and, and fall away. And they all look pretty glum because that's a kind of a negative prophecy to bring. Imagine arriving in church and saying, all you guys, you know, you know. be very encouraging. Wouldn't be much clapping, you know, as we're like, they didn't, they didn't clap. So, whoa, good word, Jesus, you know. So Peter thought, well, God, Lord, Jesus. Good old Pete. No, I'm with you to the end. Nothing's gonna move me. I mean, all these, and he points to them all. He says, all these might leave you. Yeah, but uh, come on, Lord, as if I'm ever gonna depart. You, I know you yeah, and you know me and we're good. We're like, like this. Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, before the cock crows, you're gonna have denied me three times this night. As if that would ever happen, Jesus. Well, he's out there just looking at Jesus being led off to his trial. I've been in Jerusalem and it is amazing to me. One of the, the, the most amazing things to me was how close everything is. So, so my, my guide, Wayne Hilsden said, well, there's the hill where he was crucified. There's the garden that he was praying in. There's um, the tomb of the resurrection. And over there is the room they had the Last Supper in. I mean, you could stand in one place and see them all. Didn't even need to catch a taxi from one to the other. It was like, it was amazing. And so here is Peter in a courtyard, warming himself by fire. And he's looking over and he sees Jesus being led off to an illegal trial. And one of the, one of the people who was sitting by the fire says, I've seen you before. You're one of his disciples. He says, I am not. She said, yes, you are. And he starts swearing and cursing to prove he's not. He says, I am blinkity blink, I am not. Don't you blinkity blink, curse. He's me, I'm following. And she said, no, you are the guy. He said, I am blinkity blink, not. Just like that. Oh, he hears that, the blood drains from his face. And he starts weeping, realizing that he's so weak. I thought I was strong enough to keep my act together and to proclaim Jesus and to identify with him. But actually, when push came to shove, I folded. How many of us think about ourselves like that? I'm, I'm going I'm to be good enough to keep this marriage together for the rest of my life. You're going to find there are moments 
where there are pressures that are greater than you and you need a power from another world called the Holy Spirit to give you strength, to give you wisdom, to give you the wherewithal. The whole Christian life is about us leaning on God. And from a male point of view, your ego does not want to do that. <laughs> I'm sufficient in myself. To actually lean on God, say, God, I can't do this in my strength and by myself. I lean on you for power, for strength, for ability. And so Peter was brought to a very broken place. He was a bruised reed. He's a smoking flax right now. And so when Jesus rises from the dead, Peter had said to his disciples, oh, he's dead. It's all over. The visions died, guys. I'm going fishing. So he was backsliding. He was going back to where he was. He said he'd left it all for Jesus, but now he was going back to it. And he's, he's out there fishing and, and Jesus is on the shore. Somehow he had already cooked fish, already caught and cooked. Fish. So that fishing, trying to catch fish. And, and Jesus says, hey guys, you caught anything? And they said, no. Just throw, throw it over the other side. And they said, oh, this is ridiculous. We've, we've worked hard all night, caught nothing. He said, no, no, give it a go. So they did. And huge catch of fish. Jesus will guide you in your business where you should put your investments, your resources for the greatest return. If we look to Him, and if we're capable of saying, yes, I'll do what you tell me to do, Lord. That was Peter's business. So they pull the net. John says to Peter, it's the Lord. Peter runs to shore. And they're all eating fish. and Peter's so happy. And Jesus says to him, Peter, do you, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. And he says it again. He says it three times because Jesus is this spiritual surgeon. Three questions, three confessions from Peter to negate three denials. Each time the wound closed a little more. And Jesus isn't going to give up on you because you failed. Your fail, failures don't make you a failure. In fact, failure, oh, good Lord, this is such good preaching. Failure is part of the process that God has given to you as a gift to become a whole person in life. I have failed more times than I've succeeded because in failure, you learn everything you need to know. Success hardly teaches you anything. And failure is about getting up again. Some of our kids haven't learned to lose because they go to the football game and if they lose, they get a trophy for participating. A medal for participating. When you go to the real estate office as a grown up person and you got 20 agents trying to sell the same house and one sells it and it wasn't you, when you come back to the office, the boss isn't gonna give you a medal for participating. And learning how to cope with something not working and failing creates a thing called emotional resilience. The ability to endure, the ability to get up again, because everybody faces this. And for you to have that capacity is one of the greatest gifts God could give you. 
So don't despise a trial or suffering when it comes along. You will find that that is part of following Jesus. If anybody's told you that following Jesus is problem-free, they've sold you a false gospel. If you'd want a problem-free life, you shouldn't have become a Christian. There are plenty of other religions, people going on on, on, on the market that, that don't have as much suffering because as a believer, you're swimming upstream. You have found truth. You've found Jesus Christ and there is a spirit of antichrist in this world. So following Him is going to involve opposition, criticism, and standing together in the church is so very important when difficulties come. So here is Peter. Now he's healed and he's back in love with Jesus. So he's up in that upper room. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes down, just six weeks before, he's blaspheming and denying Jesus. Today, he is a preacher of the gospel, winning 3,000 people to Christ because of that incredible baptism of power that he got. 